Hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft, and I wanted to say thank you for checking out our show. I also wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Brewer Shirts. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Check out their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off of full-priced items. Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 7, Episode 19 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Lewis, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer, and my favorite Florida man, and also now known as Drinking Eagle from Tampa, Florida, <laughs> Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, Chris? And of course, what is in your glass? Oh, man, that's funny. I, <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Um, so I'm doing good today, Denny. i a little on the tired side, like you are probably yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and I read through that whole intro. I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't see it. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, I'm doing good. Um, in my glass this evening, I'm drinking a beer from Fanta Flora Brewery, which I believe is in North Carolina. Yeah, Nebo, North Carolina. Uh, it's called their Oak Stand, and the Oak Stand is a Schwartz beer brewed with uh, estate-grown white oak. Okay. And it's definitely a little smoky. It it's very strange because I don't know if I drank this before on this show or the fermented real fermented reality beer cast. <laughs> um, but it tastes like the smell when you chainsaw through a piece of fresh timber. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that I think on fermented reality beer cast, I think. Yeah. And admittedly, I don't hate it. Huh? This is uh the, this is the third one that I have, or I have one more left in the cooler. I had four of them. I don't know why four of them showed up, but <laughs> i mean it's it's good it's well, a little different so I, I really don't hate it well good um, good but uh what about you how's your evening day going and what what's in your glass all right well uh if to our listeners and to you chris if i sound a little groggy it's because i have been awake and out of bed since 2 a.m this morning uh mountain time so that's 4 a.m your time, 4 chris. My time uh, i normally yeah. get up at 3 3 30 Anyway, so it's only an hour and a half earlier than normal, but I'm having trouble sleeping, and I've been doing all kinds of things. You'll, you guys will notice that my new and overly beers are quite small for this episode, and the reason why is because I've been cutting back on some alcohol, seeing if it helps me sleep better. And guess what? It's really not helping. But oh, thank God! <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You gotta try, and I, so. So pretty much the last few weeks, I have not been drinking in the middle of the week. So like, I have to drink on Mondays because we record a podcast every Monday, mm-hmm. and I, and I can't do a beer podcast without drinking beer. Right? It just doesn't seem right. That'd be sacrilege. Yeah. So um, so I drink Monday, and then I take Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I haven't been drinking. Uh, you know, kind of making sure you know, cleaning my body out of uh, the, some of that 
beer stuff that might uh, affect sleeping. And then Friday I'll have, you know, I'll have some drinks and then Saturday, Sunday I'll have some drinks. But even in that case, like I may only have one beer on a, on a Saturday or maybe one beer on a Friday. So I've cut back my drinking quite a bit, uh, which is good on my pocketbook because when you're not drinking as much, then you're not spending as much. Yeah. Right. It goes hand in hand. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm a little bit tired. So if I come across a little bit groggy or if I don't make sense, just let me know, Chris, that, Hey, Denny, did you mean that? You know, or for our <laughs> listeners that are on Facebook live right now, it's okay. Just let me know. But I think I'll be good. We're going to keep it. We're going to try to keep the show a little bit short. Um, just because Chris has got to uh, go back to work after we get done. So I don't want to keep him too late. And plus, like I said, I'm really tired, but I'm doing, I'm always doing good when I get to chat with you, Chris, because this makes me smile, makes me happy. I love our talks. I love interacting with our listeners on Facebook Live, so that's always good. Um, but when I'm drinking, uh, it, it's April is Idaho Craft Beer Month, every April. Last April was a little bit of a bummer because they uh, postponed Idaho Craft Beer Month until mm-hmm. August, but they're having it this month, and we're, I think, on Thursday, which is the day this this episode releases is going to be the pints up Idaho um, where everyone goes and drinks and gets their pint glass. I'm hoping they're going to hold that Thursday. I I haven't seen officially the glasses or anything. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of talk of virtual pints Mm -hmm. up. Virtual doesn't work for me. I need to go have some real uh, beers at the bar, at the breweries and and gather the the cup. Every year since we've been doing this, we've got, we've gone to Mad Swede and got our our pints up Idaho uh, glasses, so I want to continue that Thursday night and uh, and do that. But again, it is. Uh, can you guys see that? Can you see that, Chris? There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a beer that Grand Teton Brewing brews every Idaho Craft Beer Month, and it's their hazy IPA. And uh, once it's gone, it's gone for the year. But uh, this is a great IPA. I picked up a four pack of it just to celebrate celebrate the. Uh, you know, the, the month and drink it. And I'll probably pick up another four pack now before it's over, but here's what it looks like in, in the glass. Nice, hazy, mm-hmm. super creamy head that just kind of sticks up above the glass, even kind of nice. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. And of course I'm going to have to wait till that foam, that head dies down a little bit or I'll be wearing it all right here. Looking like a fool. <laughs> Kind of looking like uh, like a YouTube video I released where I had a little bit of foam stuck to my mustache. I don't I know mean, if you, you saw that. Just a little bit. Worth it. <laughs> worth it. So, yeah, it's Grand Teton's uh, Brewing's Hazy IPA. That's what I'm drinking. All right, Chris. I like that uh, I like that that label art on it. Yeah. With the state of Idaho on it. and uh... Yeah, it's in the shape of the state of Idaho. It's got uh, the falls from... Um, well, I'm assuming it's the falls from Idaho or uh, Twin Falls, uh, the Shoshone Falls. That's mm-hmm. a big uh, watermark. Um, it may also kind of highlight the ten thousand or th- thousand. Shoot, it's like we have seeping water out of the cliffs. Thousand uh-huh. Springs, uh-huh. I think is what it's called. Um, we got a lot of hot springs, and and, and water comes out of these walls. And um, yeah, oh, it's called Land of Many Waters. There oh, okay. we go. There we go. Okay, well, let's get this thing, let's get this show started, Chris. Before we get too far into it, though, I always want to let 
anyone new to the show know what Tap to Craft podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist our listeners along in their craft beer journeys and adventures. And you're listening to episode 175, recording on Monday, April 5th, 2021. And in this episode, we're going to go a little bit different topic than we've been focused on the last few episodes. We're going to talk about diversity in craft beer. And this is a topic that uh, was brought to us or, or asked of us to, to maybe mm-hmm. cover by Tara Carlson. And she is entering a contest that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, and you can also enter the contest to help us with some topics for the show. Mm-hmm. And this topic is not new. Uh, it actually kind of st- started hitting home a little bit in 2019 when the Brewers Association uh, added to their annual survey some diversity questions. And, uh, you know, I read over this stuff back back then, and then 2020 came, and I, it kind of got, uh, you know, kind of brushed under a little bit. But it came back to light, especially after Tara, you know, mentioned it. And there's been a couple other articles and things that have come out. And so we're going to talk about that study that the Brewers Association did, as well as, you know, how things are, you know, how some programs are going along to help promote diversity out in the craft beer. Plus, I want to just talk about, ask some questions of Chris and I and and of, of our listeners, you know, about this whole diversity, you know, what, how, how do you guys feel? Or what, what is, what, you know, what's wrong with the diversity that we have in craft <laughs> beer or, and how can we make it better? So there's some questions I have at the end of that too, we'll talk about. Well, as well as we, uh, oh, I was going to yeah. say, well, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Why don't we, uh, once you get through that last bit, we can actually share that video um, here on here real quick too. Okay. Yeah. Just because, sure. you know, we have the capability of sharing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. It's a great video. So yeah, I, I just want to say as well as some great conversation between Chris and I. So right now let's go ahead and tune to YouTube and uh, hear about the contest that we're having. Oh, we could do for our next episode hmm how about yeah yeah that could be a pretty good idea well no that's we did that already it's funny i'm actually wearing the same shirt uh, and drinking the same beer (laughs) yeah we could no did that too hmm I love the sound anyway, effects too. I got it. I got it. Yeah. You guys, you guys can help us. Yes. <laughs> hey guys, it's Chris from Tap the Craft. We would love to get your ideas for some new show topics. In exchange for your help, we're going to enter you into a contest to win a $20 gift card from our sponsors at Brewer Shirts. Here's what you need to do. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram you got to follow us on both of them. And then send us a message, either through Facebook, Instagram, through our email address, through our voicemail, and let us know those ideas. We're going to need at least five submissions before we give this gift card away, guys. So let's see what you got. And we'd love to feature your topic on our next episode. Cheers. Well done, Chris. Thank you, sir. Thank you. a, A great idea. And I love the fact that you made a video to kind of get the point across that, uh, hey, we've had some great, some great topics, and it is, does get a little bit tough to come up with new topics every two weeks. 
And I think I do a pretty good job. And I love, but I love the idea of getting the, the input from our listeners. And mm-hmm. if they want to help us out, we can provide them the opportunity to win a gift card from our sponsor. So great, great job. Thank you. And the, and the cool part is, well, I don't know if you want to call it the cool part. Mm-hmm. So far, we've had two entries, guys. Yeah. I need five yeah. before I'm even going to consider giving this thing out. So, yeah. And and let me tell us. you, Tara Carlson outdid herself. Yeah. I mean, yeah, how, she, I, I counted up. How many was it? Like eight? It was. Yeah, it was. A, she covered <laughs> five for herself. So, I mean, you can't. I mean, she's probably sitting at home watching The Bachelor right now, so yeah, you can't let yeah. her, you know, outdo you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so and actually, the uh, I'm splitting one of her her topics into two. One is tonight, and the other one will most likely, unless something changes, will most likely be a second part of this conversation uh, where we talk about just how uh, women in brewing in general, how how women started. You know, in the beginning of brewing, it was actually women that were doing the brewing. And so let's go into the history behind the, you know, the, the start of brewing and, and why women were brewing and, and what happened, why, why things changed. So that will be uh, the topic that I'm hoping to cover uh, on the next show. So it'd be kind of interesting. And she, again, she wanted to find out about that. Okay. Well, uh, we didn't have any other feedback besides the people entering into our contest. Uh, so, yeah. Um, we, we want to hear your voicemails. We want to see your emails. Uh, we want to see uh, you on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, tag us and stuff. Untapped even is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to do that. Um, and also, um, we really do appreciate our Patreon support because this episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, William Schlimmer, who are our virtual producers, and Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chad Lamasa, Mark Church, Matt Knight, and Kirk Tabor, who want to buy us a virtual beer. If you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your host or buying us a virtual beer or even being a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. And I already, we kind of mentioned the uh, Brewer Shirts contest, Chris. I already had, you can just go ahead and skip through that. Um, because mm-hmm. we did that, and mm-hmm. I, I kind of hinted at the fact that we, I did, produ- I did put up a new YouTube video besides the contest contest that Chris did. Uh, I've been working on some quote quick takes. <laughs> My version of a quick take is not so quick, but I'm a thorough guy, and I like to uh, you know go into details on stuff. But I did do a YouTube video quick take on the North Coast Brewing's Scrimshaw Pilsner. Some tasting notes and a little history behind the brewery and the beer uh, in a short uh, seven-minute video. It's not that long, you know. But I, but I have a couple in the series of North Coast Brewing that I'm going to do. Uh, and then I also want to try to do more similar to what uh, Johnny Casino did, where he just kind of opens up his phone and starts talking, pouring a beer, and does like a really quick take. No editing or anything, just kind of a, here, I'm drinking this beer. Here's what I, I get. And you get mm-hmm. two minutes of of us talking. And Chris, feel free to mm-hmm. to enter some of those yourself. You know, I know you're drinking some beers, and if you want to do a quick take like you've done in the past, go ahead. Yeah, feel free. Will do. Okay. Um, 
because we didn't get any feedback, I, I just want to let you guys know you can contact the show with your questions through email at tapthecraft.gmail.com or on Instagram and, and uh, Twitter. Uh, just follow us at tapthecraft. And of course, Chris is on our Facebook page 24-7 waiting <laughs> for your questions, comments, and messages. It's at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And we do have our very own Tap the Craft website where you can find all the episodes to our past 175 episodes, as well as our videos, as well as Fermented Reality Beer Cast links, uh, some shopping tips, some blogs, some everything. We got a lot of stuff on that mm-hmm. website. We are mm-hmm. updating it uh, pretty routinely. So go check it out and uh, stay informed. And Chris, it's uh, let's continue this conversation because now it is time to untap the craft and see what our listeners are drinking according to Untapped. So you know what's funny? I, I've, I've written this in red uh-huh. in our notes. It says, hey, remember, <laughs> if you want us to read your beer check-ins, make sure you follow me on Untapped at MCK1345. I never read that. Mm. So if you want us to read your beer check-ins, make sure you follow me on Untapped at MCK1345. And we read these check-ins usually from about 24 hours ago, which my time, it's currently 8.45 p.m. on a Monday evening. Um, we normally go back about 24 hours. So <laughs> follow me on Untapped at MCK1345. Okay, here we go. First is going to start off with Tom Byrne is drinking an On and On Part 1 by Revolution Brewing. Uh and he's drinking that at the Satanic Temple Star Chapter. <laughs> wow, I didn't know Star had a Satanic they Temple. They got a liquor license. They got a liquor license. Uh, it looks what? like they're serving some good stuff. Wow, I need to. Wow, I need to talk to Tom about that. Okay, <laughs> he, he gave this one four and a half caps for this beer. Um, it looks like he's drinking a, a couple of things out there too. He's also drinking the Brood Abides by Pelican Brewing. I've had so this, was, this is a lost check-in that he gave three and a half caps to. Um, on the list, Brad Fatler is drinking mm-hmm. a special Hoperations 2021 by Fatheads Brewery. Checking that in at Untapped at Home. A lot of people still using that Untapped at Home check-in. I am too. Until I get to 100, then I'm going to stop. <laughs> and, then, and then what? Because <laughs> when you get to 100, you've I go had, back to the what? back cave. You've got 377 badges for checking in 100 times there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. I got to get to 10,000. I won't get the 10,000 unique check-ins, but I'll at least get the 10,000 badges. Oh, Brad is... <laughs> yeah, we get the 10,000 badges. And after you get to 10,000 badges, it just tells you how disappointed it is in Yeah, you. yeah. Um, David Makazuki chiming in saying, Hey, guys, how y'all doing? Good to see you hop on here, David. Um, hey, David. No Jimbo, 2000. Yeah. Brad Fatler is also drinking a beer that I was going to go to the beer garden and go grab a hold of. Astronaut Food, Blackberry Raspberry by Urban Artifact. Comes in the little pint size, well, no, half pint size, eight ounce cans. Yeah, that's what Joel had, right? Yeah. Um, so I still need to run over to the beer garden and see if I can't grab a can or two of okay. that. Um, four and a half caps for that beer. No wow. notes or anything on there he's getting some good stuff these are all he's also drinking a dimetrodon from urban artifact what is a dimetrodon other than it's a, a prehistoric big, that's true yeah. yep it's the one that everybody knows with the big fin across <laughs> its back. um but it's uh 
four and three quarter caps for this one. These were all from 11 hours ago. So either you were doing some serious breakfast uh, or these are just kind of late check-ins. Yeah, he, he probably had a rough night drinking all that, passed out and then realized, oh, damn, I didn't do all the check-ins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Jeff Seiler says, badges? We don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> exactly. All right. <laughs> and next on the list, Mr. Buck Buchanan is drinking an extraordinary bitter by High Gravity Brewing Company. He's drinking that at Pippin's Tap Room. Mm. And he gave that one four caps. No notes. That was about five hours ago. So that would be four o'clock my time, two o'clock his time. No, three o'clock his time. So he's day drinking too. Mm. He wrote great ESB. And that's good enough for me because I love a good ESB. Me too. Me too. Um, Jim Kudzall, hmm. which is, he's tagged Tara, so there's probably oh. a following check-in. <laughs> you guys are so good about your check-ins, right? It's like either Tara gets it in first or Jim does, and you guys are always right behind each other. Um, Jim's drinking a Ziotti by Diamondback Brewing Company. Crisp, light, hazy, and refreshing Czech Pilsner from a local brewery. Mm. Just the thing after a five-mile walk on the rail trail. Four cap rating for that beer. Mm. Oh, what do you know? Tara Carlson's drinking a Ziotti. By <laughs> and Was it Milko little... style? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing but foam. <laughs> and she actually had a little different take on this. Jim rated it four caps. Tara said, not enjoying this as much as I thought I would. Ooh. I'm getting a strange aftertaste, maybe a byproduct of my hot Italian sausage lunch. Yeah, a little a little bit of burp action yeah. there. Yeah, that'll definitely yeah. tear up a but she gave it three and a half <laughs> caps, so it wasn't completely off the wall crazy. Um Kevin Argauer. Oh my mm. gosh. Oh yeah. They're in tagged. Miami Beach, I, I think, right? Yeah. Amanda tagged me or texted me yesterday and said, Hey, are you guys doing okay in Tampa? And I was like, Why? Well, there's some big phosphate leak about a county south of us. Um, come to find out that they're they were having everyone evacuate from the area, and I was like, "No, oh, we're in three counties north, camping in the woods, uh, <laughs> so we're we're just fine." There's no there's no alarms in the woods. No, there certainly is. You're just gonna just, be walking and fall over dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hey, I'm still here, so it didn't happen. Uh, but he's drinking a Hurricane Hole Red by Florida Keys Brewing Company at the Hurricane Hole Waterfront Bar and Grill. Four cap rating, and of course, tagged Amanda in it because she doesn't check into her own beer. Continuing his check-in streak for the 946th show in a row, considering we only have 175 episodes. Chad Lamasa is drinking its... Uh, always, uh, can't, I I can't say this name without always saying it's always sunny. The beer is called Always Sunny by Cushwa <laughs> Brewing Company, and he wrote, "I love it's always sunny in Philadelphia." So this was a no brainer to pick up. It's a nice hoppy, crushable pale ale. If they had labels with their other cast members, I'd pick those up too. Mm. Um, four and a quarter caps for that beer, and. Pick that up at Angel's Share Wine and Spirits. Mike Allen's been doing a little drinking too from three hours ago. <laughs> I love it. I'm like prejudging you guys. You're all drinking so early. <laughs> uh, six o'clock, I guess. Um, drinking the Little Marmalade by Academia Brewing at the Taco Mac in Lawrenceville. A little tart, a little citrusy. Pretty nice. Four cap rating for that beer. Um, next on the list... 
Mike, you got a lot. You got a lot of check-ins in here, buddy. But there's so many of them here. I can't. I can't. Just pick the uh, highlights. Yeah, I got to pick the good ones. That was kind of a dick thing to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next, <laughs> next on the list. You know what I mean, Mike. We're good. Um, yeah, scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up. Wow. Jeff Seiler is drinking a Cherry Conic Junior. Love that name. Love the name. Yeah. Love it. Uh, by Divine Barrel Brewing Company. Uh, this was delicious, he says. Tastes like a tart cherry pie with a hint of cinnamon. It's a gorgeous beer. Four cap rating for that one. Mm. Uh, Mike, I'll get you on this one. Hartsfield, Hartsfield IPA by Atlanta Brewing Company. So Hartsfield is the airport in Atlanta, if I'm not oh. mistaken. Okay. Strange sweetness on the first taste of this. Not bad, but not expected. Three and a half caps for that beer. Um, Chad Lamasa, got to grab this one because it's a five cap. Oh, is drinking, it Saison? Uh, it's a good question. I'll look that up too. While uh, <laughs> no, Saison. I... There we go. He's drinking a Mare by Pipe the Side Brewing Company. He said the second of three crowlers I picked up at this brewery on Saturday. Really liking the smoky flavor. Oh, Guess wow. Lichtenheiner is a Rausch beer yeah. uh, adjacent style. Whatever it is, it's damn good. Um, yeah, Lichtenheiner. 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 <laughs> so um, smoky. <laughs> well, got to keep it clean. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Seiler is drinking a beer. Uh, see, this is this is bad. Like, I'm only one beer in, and I'm already stumbling over my words. And again, I still got to go back to work. Mm. Uh, beer drinking is not a crime by Aslan Beer Company. Really tasty, hazy double IPA. Citrusy, piney, and mildly sweet. Drinks way too easy for 8%. Be careful out there. Four and a quarter cap ratings for that beer. Um, let's see who's next on the list. Art Warcheck is drinking a orange tangerine puffed by Cellarworks Brewing Company. Mm. Four and a quarter caps for that one. Uh, let's see. Only because I really like peaches. Chad Lamasa is drinking a forbidden fruit peach by idiom brewing company, peaches and cream with a bit of tartness. He says four and a half cap rating. Uh, let's see. Oh, art war checks drinking a, a slushy XL pink peach rings by four fifty North brewing company. So probably clocking in at around 9%, but really two and a half. Uh-huh. Um, four cap rating for that one. No notes on there. Um, Jeff Weiss is drinking a don't put salt in your eyes. Goza by uh, Zymercuracy. I got this before. I can do it again. Zymercuracy. There we go. Beer I, company. I need to correct you because I forgot. Hmm. I forgot that he wrote or uh, untapped uh, messaged me and, and, and thanked, thanked us for uh you know, mentioning him on the show and and to a little chat there, but it's Weesey. Oh, it's Weesey is, is the proper way of saying it in the, in that area. Okay, so uh, he, so he he corrected, but he did it very politely mm. uh, because I do want to make sure I say people's names correctly. So uh, I meant to say I, I meant to tell Jeff. you that before, and I forgot. So now we know it's Weesey. So Jeff Weesey is drinking a "Don't put salt in your eyes" goza <laughs> by the Zymercracy Beer Company at the Zymercracy Beer Company. Awesome fruit sour with a light salty finish. Cheers! Four and a half caps for that beer. And last, and we'll have to hit refresh. Art Warcheck is drinking the Illest Vanillins by Jackie O Brewery, and just writes "Delish." Four and a half caps for that beer. 
And I think he was listening to us now. Oh, okay. David, David Makazuki. Yes. He's checking in right now. You just checked check into in. a skull bucket IPA. Is that what you're saying exactly that you're drinking? <laughs> right. <laughs> so he does have the same groups yeah. club yeah. you're in. <laughs> yeah. Drinking the same thing you are, buddy. Um, <laughs> I, I I think where you rated it is about where I'd go to because, you know, it, the, these are all getting to the point where they're starting to oxidize a little bit mm. and uh, it's still good. I mean, it's still a good beer. Yeah. Um, but any of these beers that I've gotten, this is not from Tavor. This is from something else that I got for Christmas this past year. But um, none of these have a brood on date or even like a used by like a best buy date or anything like that. Yeah. They probably remove them. So people won't know that it was brewed six months ago. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Cause it, it even says on the can and I'm not going to try to hold this up, but it says <laughs> drink up within 90 days of canned on date. <laughs> There's nothing on the bottom here. So a lot of times they put them on the, the holder too. And uh, it didn't come holder, with a holder. No, right? no holder. Yeah. So that's probably what happened is they put it on the holder. The holder is removed to send it out to everyone. And again, they don't want you to know what the real date is. So it's a secret. Well, I'm going to tag steel bender <laughs> brew yard. <laughs> when did you brew this beer? Tastes I mean, like it, cardboard. It's not seriously. It's, it's still a good <laughs> beer. Um, and it's uh, just a, what's it say? A quality IPA, skull bucket IPA bold with hints of orange pine right and oh, it definitely okay. does that so it's nothing it's nothing like off the wall crazy you know hazy fluffy ipa it's just a good solid ipa because i I got it admittedly i probably got these about 20 30 days ago oh my god you're just not drinking them that's on you dude don't judge me man <laughs> uh okay you know what before i uh you know i've we've been we've been saying jeff styler's name jeff styler assuming that it's styler jeff since you're on right now have we been mispronouncing your name for like years and if so please let us know so we can pronounce it correctly from this point on thank you he's, jeff he's had his chance to correct us <laughs> well he's maybe he's too polite and doesn't want to uh you know, make us feel bad that we've said his name wrong for so Even so if we long. did, I'm not going to correct it. Jeff Weesey, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you for sending in that information for us. Jeff Seiler. Sorry, dude. It's, it's been a couple of years now. <laughs> it's been a few, yeah, it's been a few years. But I, I still want to make sure I say it right. I'm still waiting for, you know, Johan Halberg never, every time I wrote and said, hey, let me know how to pronounce your name. Make sure it's Johan and not Johan. I don't want to pronounce it wrong. I assumed it was Johan. So, I'm just going with Johan because he never would respond back and make sure we were saying it correctly. He's mm-hmm. too nice too. So it's it might be pronounced him even you know further out than than Johan Johan or Johan. It could be something else, right? I'm going with the original. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think we're doing it. I think okay. we're doing just fine with it. All right. So that that's it. Oh, yeah, David Makazuki was the last one. Yeah. David, David made it in just in time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll hit refresh just for the fun of it. And it's still him. So that's what okay. everybody's drinking. All right. Well, guess what? We're already down to the brew buzz. Yep. We nailed t- it. Jeff Siler. Siler. It is right. See? <laughs> there we go. I, I'm only about 25% of the time wrong. Well, maybe, <laughs> le- maybe less than that. <laughs> maybe I'm only like 
five percent wrong. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it is time for the Brew Buzz, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week, as we already mentioned, we're going to discuss diversity in craft beer. Again, this topic was brought to us by one of our great listeners, Tara Carlson. And um, for this, I I, uh, I found a number of articles online uh, that talked about it. And, and this is a deep subject that can probably go in a lot of different directions. So I'm not going to branch off too too heavily. There's I, I picked three articles that kind of summarize uh, the whole program and 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 you know what's been mentioned already about diversity and with craft beer, the Brewers Association's survey results, uh, as well as uh, as a new program that aims to improve diversity in, in the craft beer industry. So I, there's three articles that I will post at the in the show notes. So if you want to go. And uh, and review these yourselves because I did take snippets from them. I mean, not, they're not the complete uh, articles. Then uh, then feel free to to follow the links on our webpage or our show notes or wherever you want to find them. And I won't go ahead and read through those right now because uh, that would take a while. So Chris, um, I'll read down to the first bullet thing, and you can read on to the next bullet thing, and I can take the next one. Does that sound good? That sounds like a lovely idea. Okay. All right. So once you look beyond what's in the glass, possibly the biggest discussion in the craft beer world is diversity. The stereotype of the bearded white brewer can be traced back to the earliest days of the movement four decades ago when trailblazers like bearded Ken Grossman made seminal beers like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And if you don't know, Ken Grossman is the brewer that starred Sierra Nevada. And of course, he makes his Pale Ale. Uh, in 2019, for the first time, the Brewers Association reported on brewery employee diversity data. Data and reporting is among those member services because it gives business owners insight. Bart Watson, the BA's chief economist, ec- economist, economist, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am a little tired, was the lead on analyzing the data and interpreting it. The BA... I'm going to say BA for Brewers Association, make it shorter, uh, added employee diversity benchmark questions to its annual member survey. And this is where the brewery employee diversity data and uh, uh, diversity data, the organization delivered in, in the uh, in the report back in 2019. Now, I, I do have a note here. Um, from my understanding, uh, these were optional questions, not required by the breweries, uh, you know, submitting the survey. So these are all optional uh, the, the survey takers could refrain from answering if they didn't want to participate in the diversity portion. So I, you know, I, I don't have the, I'm a non-member to the Brewers Association. So if mm-hmm. I would have bugged John, maybe he could have gone in and got some of the real stats for us, which I probably should have done if I had more time to, to work on it. Uh, so I'm only limited to what I can, what's, what's leaked out to us without having to be a pay paid member. Uh, so I don't have the the actual numbers of the whole reports and, and everything. I don't know how many breweries submitted. I don't know how many breweries actually submitted their survey plus the diversity portion or not. So take the data that we're providing you right now with a little bit of a, a grain of salt because mm-hmm. we don't know all the details, right? We don't know how many of the 7,000 members actually submitted the survey and how many of those actually submitted the diversity portion. So just keep that in mind. 
All right, Chris. So why don't you go ahead and uh, take that next part? <clears throat> All right. What motivated the Brewers Association to compile and present brewery employee diversity data? We're going to stumble on that one. All right. The, sim- the simplest reason for benchmarking this data is that you can't measure future change unless you unless you know where you are to begin with. Exactly. Watson writes, <laughs> the survey results aren't incredibly surprising. Finding the majority of people who work in the breweries are white men. Let's look at a few of the other findings, though. There's a strong male presence among brewery employees who hold the title of brewer. About 7.5% of the staff of reporting breweries employed a female in the brewer role. Female representation among craft brewery employees grows to around 37% in the non-production, non-service staff roles. The segment that employs the most women is the brewery service staff at about 54%. The survey also asked breweries about the ethnicity of their employees. 88% of the people who own craft breweries are white, while American Indian... What's up? Or Alaskan <laughs> Native make up 4%. Asian and Hispanic both at 2%, and black brewery owners make up 1%. Mm. The ethnic makeup gets a tad more diverse when you look at the employees in non brewing roles on production staffs. Hispanic brewery employees making up 7% of non brewing production staffs, and black employees 3.5%. On brewery service staffs, the survey says Hispanic employees make up about 7.5%, while black employees a little over 4%. Yeah, so um, yeah, so there's a, there's the numbers that we have right now to work with. That's, all we, mm-hmm. that, that, that's what's been released out to the public um, behind, you know, in front of the paywall. Uh, so yeah, so it, it's a little, you know, yeah, it... it when you look at the numbers, it seems alarming, right? It's like, whoa, this is, you know, totally white and and not many women. Right. But we'll wait till the end here and we'll, you know, we'll talk more and, and we'll try to figure out why this is and what can be done to, you know, to maybe help it along. But also, too, in the, what, 8,000 plus breweries, it doesn't really specify how many actually reported either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I have... um I also added uh, just in the Boise, in, in the Boise area, 22 breweries. I kind of mapped out what I could find. Again, not all the breweries have presence, have good web presence on online. Right now, most of breweries are focused on selling their beer online, right? They're not focused on telling about their brewers and, and all that stuff. But I have a little bit of uh, numbers just for my area in Boise. Just, you know, just a, a small snippet, small little town to see what how diverse we are in 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 Idaho here. Okay, let's go on to the survey results uh, that provide some benchmarks. So as Watson references, the Brewery Employee Diversity Survey da- data is meant to provide the industry with benchmarks so that leaders who are interested in, in diversifying staff can measure if their efforts are working when the BA collects the survey results in the future. So I think this is the key, right? If you're not if, if, if the BA didn't start collecting the data, then they wouldn't have a baseline. And that's why they don't have a baseline before 2019, because that wasn't part of the, the you know, the, the, the survey and, and nobody was, was keeping track. Is it, you know, so yeah, so start, right? That's the first step. Mm-hmm. Start, start tracking it so you can see if improvements are, ma- are made. I, I believe in my own opinion the real reason the BA is is really trying to, to track this data is 
is all about marketing their product to a di more diverse crowd. What, how can they, you know, the, the people that are working in an industry, they don't work there necessarily be just randomly, right? Mm -hmm. Most people are working there because they have a passion or they have, a, you know, they want to be in that industry. So, right. and, and they enjoy drinking craft beer, obviously too. Right? Why work in a place if you don't enjoy the product? It doesn't make sense, right? You're not going to be a good employee if you don't partake in the product and enjoy it. Not that you have to, but, you know, a lot of times that helps. Um, so I think the Brewers Association really is trying to focus on how they can market their the craft beer product to a more diverse crowd uh, to get people more interested in it, to, to then in, inspire them to join in the industry and be, and be part of it. So um, yeah, that's what my thought process here is a little into insight into that. Mm -hmm. All right. Brewery owners, craft beer community leaders, and the BA state guilds and other businesses who support small and independent brewers are already working towards creating a more diverse industry. We are seeing beer festivals that celebrate women like Beers Without Beards, <laughs> which is in New York. The female, the female, <laughs> the female wow. fest in South Florida and the Fresh Fest, uh, which is a beer festival and symposium that brings together black and Hispanic brewers and beer lovers held uh, in, in which in, in 2019 held their second event. Uh, so. So, yeah, so there are some. Uh, you know, diverse uh, festivals and and things going on that help spread that word. Maybe get the get it out to the, those communities to to just get the, you know get the word out, get the people drinking these beers and and maybe if someone hears that that hey you know what there's a beer festival and there's and and and, and this beer festival really has a lot of black owned breweries that are that are at here and there's other black people or or people that that want to uh, you know try it out might you know come on down and 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 try beers that they may not try before if they didn't hear that that this event might be catered to you know something that they might enjoy so okay all right and then diversity program in action <clears throat> an innovative new paid innovative new paid internship program recently announced by the bronx brewery addresses one of the craft brewing's industry craft damn it daddy <laughs> one of Are the okay? craft, yeah i'm just just peachy <laughs> one of the craft brewing industry's most glaring issues it's lack of diversity if successful it could provide a framework that others in the trade could use to expand their business's scope and reach by partnering with beer culture the st petersburg florida based nonprofit dedicated to fostering diversity is that supposed to be equity or equality uh, it says equity, so I'm going to read it as is. Diversity, equity, and inclusion in the craft beer space. They have created a program that's explicitly targeting individuals underserved in the industry. Kicking off in March, the program will offer a two-month paid internship to six individuals in 2021 from the BIPOC and recently incarcerated communities. Bronx Connect will provide the pool of incarcerated individuals. Am I reading that right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a beer and a half in, so I'm probably not like wasted, but I, okay. Um, by partnering with an organization like ours, it gives the brewery the chance to tap into a market that's already there, says Letitia Cook, president and CEO of Beer Culture. 
you are bringing in a whole new demographic, an entirely untapped market that is not buying your beer right now. They don't know about it. Plus, when you bring in new people, you get different flavors, different aspects, and different views in your business. That only helps you be better and have more success. She makes a damn good point. Yeah, yeah. By building off of their successful five-year internship program, the Bronx Brewery uses a system that they know works and has proven results. Their head brewer, Manny Salvatore, is a graduate of it. While in the program, each participant will work in all aspects of operations from brewing to creative concept and recipe development. They also will get to write a recipe for Up and Comer's limited release series. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a program that is being spawned off from this initial survey, right? That, That happened, you know, a year and a half ago, almost a year and a half ago. And so programs like this are going to start to pop up that are going to try it. Like, just like she said, it was, a, it's a perfect, like you said, it's a really well spoken statement about introducing craft beer to people that may not, you know, have been introduced to it, you know, and, and finding that diversity. So I, I expect to see a lot more of these type of programs going on. Now I know that the Brewers Association after that, in 2019, after they released those, um, the results, they had set up a program to help fund and grant money to breweries and programs like this. And then when 2020 hit and, and the virus, it, I, you know, from what I understand, I don't have the, the, any articles or anything to refer to, but what I've heard from other industry people is that those programs failed to get funded when the, Brews Association was losing money because of COVID shutdowns, right? And people, you know, they, mm-hmm. they weren't, you know, they, they end up cutting a big portion of their staff and they had to pull money back that they had originally, uh, uh, you know, wanted to provide for these diversity programs and never, you know, never get, get them going. I'm hoping that in 2021, they'll revisit these, these grants and these programs to help, uh, you know, help provide funding to to get different programs going and and help uh reach out to you know other you know other uh cultures and and uh, eth- eth- ethnics eth- whatever eth- <laughs> ethnic groups <clears throat> uh so so yeah and i know that um you know um brooklyn brooklyn yeah, Brooklyn beer, right in uh, New York. Uh, you know the 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 owner, well, head brewer there is a is black, and I know mm-hmm. that he's got internships and programs that he's been working f- on for years to help um, promote getting more black men and women into the craft beer and, and in brewing and in industry. Whether it's just getting them into an entry level position and, and having them work up. And, and eventually one, t- one day work their way up to a brewer position if that's what they want to do, or at least mm-hmm. just like they said before, introduce them into a bunch of different jobs and find one that maybe they, they, they like better, right? Maybe they don't want to be a brewer. Maybe they want to be, uh, a, you know, someone that's tending bar or somebody that's uh, working in the back of the brewery, mm-hmm. just helping out stocking and canning or whatever. Some, you know, maybe they have a, a job that they are more suited to than, than to get up there and, and brew the beer and, and come up with recipes and, and stuff like that. So um, there's been stuff going on already, but I, I'm hoping it opens up 
uh, opportunity for, for more. So um, with that, you know, when I think about craft beer industry and diversity in craft beer, it brings up some questions. And so I kind of wrote down a few questions, Chris, that I wanted to ask in front of us so we can answer it and ask our listeners. And if and please, listener, if you want to write into us uh, and let us know what your feelings are on these questions, please do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to talk about it, open a conversation about it because, you know, Chris is more is more in line with the diversity group since he's, uh, you know, part Indian, American, American, uh, American, uh, Native American. Sorry, I'll make sure I say it right. He's part Native American, where I'm just a uh, bearded white man. I'm the 80s. <laughs> yeah, with a beard. <laughs> yeah, so I can't talk about anything. I can say that I'm all for diversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care, you know, honestly, I don't care who brews my beer. I don't care if it's a woman. I don't care if it's, uh, Hispanic or a black man or a black woman or a lesbian or, uh, you know, a transgender. I don't care who's brewing my beer. If they're brewing good beer, I'm going to appreciate that beer and I'm going to, sure. I'm going to enjoy it. Right. I'm all open for diversity. So I don't have a problem with it, but again, nobody cares about what I think because I'm just a bearded white man. I'm already in the majority of this craft beer scene. So my opinion doesn't matter. But, um, the first question I have is, is where, you know, if you want to start thinking deep into this problem, you have to think of, okay, they're, they're, they're right off the bat. The first thing they say in, in the survey is how many uh, women and, and different uh, ethnic groups are represented as, as brewers in craft beer. Now, when you bring it to that point, you have to ask a question is who, why do people choose to become a a brewer, right? Why do you choose to become a brewer? And to me, it's simple. You don't want to become a craft, you don't want to be a brewer unless you have a passion for the craft beer, right? Like I have a passion for craft beer. I love drinking craft beer. I also have a passion for processes. So everyone always thinks that because of my passion for the the hobby and the passion for processes and cr- and being creative and stuff that I would just naturally want to be a brewer. But guess what? I don't want to be a brewer. I enjoy helping out with home brews and stuff, but my passion doesn't lie in going and being a brewer. Even though I have the beard, I am white and I fit into that majority. I don't want to be a brewer. So I to to when it comes to diversity, a lot of it is you're not going to have women brewers or uh, black brewers or Hispanic brewers or Native American brewers unless they enjoy craft beer uh-huh. and unless they enjoy it enough and they want to be creative and they want to learn how to do the process and and learn that process to do something like they mentioned in the, in the articles to make their own diverse craft beer, something that may not be being done then you're not going to get that diversity in the, in the brewer thing. So you have to have a passion. So, you know, it, I'm not surprised there's not more women or, or, or other ethnics. I, I think for the most part uh, in the early beginnings of craft beer movement, it's, it was mainly white men at a certain age, older men, not, not young people, right? It was the 40 year olds and, and and people that were brewing beer because they 
were tired of drinking the same old crappy lagers that, that were being given to them. And they wanted to have that flavor and they wanted to produce something that they would enjoy. And they took it upon themselves to do it. And it, and it, in the beginning, it was mainly a, a, a older crowd. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got into it when I was in my twenties, but I don't think I would have got into it if I didn't wander, you know, wander into that brewery right down the street from the sub base and, en- and enjoy the environment and stuff and, and learn about craft beer. I could have gone on another 10, 15 years and not got into craft beer if I hadn't had that experience. And I think that's what a lot of diversity has to happen, right? You have to be exposed to it. You have to enjoy it. And then you want to have to go in and become part of that. And I think if we can spread out um, getting craft beer into more people, uh, then that diversity will naturally organically grow because they'll want to be part of this this whole industry. And then they'll they'll either go out and, and look for a job in an existing brewery or they're going to start their own. And that's what we're seeing a lot. There's a lot of yeah. Uh, diversity that that all black or Hispanic or uh, women that are starting their own brewery because they want to be part of this uh, this industry. So I think it all you know it, it doesn't shock me that and it doesn't make me upset that there's that that the numbers right now are mostly in the the white male and, and a limited number of women um, because I think that will grow. Like I still go to like I, we went to Clairvoyant Brewing a couple of weeks ago. Beautiful, sunny day, packed place. But you know, as I looked around, what did I see? I saw a lot of the women that were there drinking. They weren't drinking beer. Hmm. They were drinking wine. They were drinking seltzer, which I don't count seltzer as craft beer, right? I don't, craft breweries are making it because they want to make sure they have things for people to drink. But So they can have a diverse portfolio, a diver, a diver, right? Yeah, portfolio. But, but I don't think anyone's going to go and drink seltzer and want to go work at a brewery to make seltzer, right? That doesn't seem like a very much passion there thing. But Maybe. Th- there's still a lot of women that don't drink beer. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, y- you have to ask yourself, what are what's going on with the rest of the alcoholic beverage communities? How many – what's the diversity numbers for wine? I mean – It's probably the opposite. You think, well, I mean, for drinking, yeah, for drinking probably is, is like a reversal. But what about for right. winemaking? Who's, who's making all the wine? Who's working in the, in the vineyards? And I mean, is it, is it mostly white males or is there, mm-hmm. is there, or are a lot of women doing that or a lot of Hispanic or a lot of black, uh, you know, people? I don't know. But I mean, again, if there's not a passion for it, why would you want to do it? Yeah. Maybe it's harder to get into the wine, you know, maybe it's easier to get into brewing beer than it is to being a winemaker. That's sure. quite possible, right? Just like a huge oh, investment yeah. needed to have an orchard, to have the, you know, to do the grapes and to, and to have the equipment. You know, there's a huge capital investment that's probably a lot larger than a small, you know, nano brewery that you could do. So that, that's probably one reason. Yeah. So I, I've kind of talked a little bit. What do you think, Chris? <laughs> who who do you think become brewers? And uh, what do you I, think I, I, the majority of, you know, of... Uh, uh, you know, are really drinking craft beer. I, I really have to say it is the people who they become brewers because, you know, they, I mean, look at John, for example, right. Yeah. He started getting into home brewing just for fun and started winning some awards. And 
you know, I don't know his whole backstory, but fast forward to now, you know, he's got from what we can see a, a very successful brewery. Um, and there was just that passion for, for having not only the good beer, uh, the good, uh, the good processes, I mm-hmm. guess, that you would look yeah. at yeah, but yeah, also processes. Yeah. the the community that revolves around craft beer. I mean, they are huge and, and, um, engaging with their community. Right. And I know a lot of breweries are. So what I look at too, is that the people, yes, they want to brew great beer. They want to have an awesome place where people can come in after work, grab a couple of beers, hang out with their friends, but also engage that community. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and the, and the craft beer community, whether it's doing an outreach for the surrounding neighborhood or an outreach for, Mm -hmm. I don't know, doing a food drive at Christmas or whatever, craft beer community is honestly what brought me to kind of seek out more, mm-hmm. well, different beers, right. Kind of start that craft beer journey. Just the people that I would meet. Um, I mean, my very first, my second job that I had in Florida, I got because I met someone at a brewery mm. and they said, Oh, we're looking for somebody. You should mm-hmm. give, give my boss a call and they might be able to hook you up with an interview. So the, the beer community is one of the big things that I always have loved. And I feel that that's one of the other reasons that people choose to become brewers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the majority who are really drinking craft beer, again, we, we really don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're right. That's, a, that's the point, is we don't know. And the only way to know is if we have some outside you know either the the mm-hmm. brewery as they come up and they get your beer beer order like okay answer these questions and now you got to go through the whole list right. how do you how do you see yourself you know all those dumb i mean i think they're dumb because you know for example for me to get my covid appointment i had to tell them you know whether i'm white or or whatever has do, do i am i hispanic or or do i am i not and do I see my, was I born a male and, you know, sex and, and think of myself, I mean, I had to answer all these questions. So I'm like, I just want a damn COVID shot. I, I don't want to get a, <laughs> I don't need, why do I got to tell you my whole sex orientation? And mm-hmm. you know, all, I mean, why, why, why do we have to, why am I being profiled here? I don't know, but the uh, same thing, are we, are we going to be profiled when we go to order beer or do you have to have a third party come in and sit there for a few days a week and record who your clientele are coming in age, you know, 21 to 30, 30 is this and women and, you know, come on. But you know what the great thing about technology, Denny, everywhere Mm -hmm. you go, your phone does that for you. So, yeah. Or or maybe, or, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a conspiracy, conspiracist, conspiracy, a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Then if you get to COVID, then you're walking around with the, you know, tracker. So they're tracking you anyway. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. How do we know who the real drinkers are? The only way you know is by going in, drinking yourself and seeing what's around you, right? And I, and I do see a lot more diversity, mm-hmm. a, a lot more now than there was before. But I'm still seeing, like I mentioned, I'm still amazed when I go into a brewery and I see all these wine glasses sitting up. I'm like, holy yeah. smokes, you're in a brewery. Well, you know, I, I'm glad that they're able to serve you wine, but but enjoy the beer, right? The, you know, yeah. But not everyone likes beer. 
No. And that's, and you know, we always talk about that. If you haven't, you, you know, if you try a beer, if you don't like, you just haven't tried the right one. Mm -hmm. I, I, I get this kind of, um, this kick out of somebody going, I don't like beer. Yeah. And I go, Oh, really? Tell me more. (laughs) Just because I love, I love that. Even me, uh, at, 18 19 years old going yeah beer's gross <laughs> hey i just saw that uh, johan halberg jumped on our live stream yeah how you doing johan it's late where you're at thank you for joining us we oh, won't keep what? you too long it's like uh three four in the morning <laughs> he's probably working maybe I don't know. maybe he's working he's got it on his phone he's enjoying some good beer conversation yeah all but, right yeah. so oh go ahead chris go ahead. No, I, I was just going to battle on about something else, but go ahead and continue on. Oh, I was going to say, uh, you know, how, how do you go about getting more diverse people drinking craft beer? I think that's the key question is, you know, they're taking this survey and now they're going to use this data and they're saying, holy smokes, we need more diversity of people coming in and and drinking and wanting to work in the industry. So how can we do that? So do you have any ideas, Chris, how, you know, how we can get more diverse? You think these, um, these festivals that we mentioned, you know, the female and the, uh, whatever the other one was, you know, that th- those are, those are going to get more people to come in and, and drink craft beer. Or do you think there's other ways? I'm sure there's other ways. <laughs> I'm sure so, there's gotta be right. And, and I love, um, you know, I would imagine if you're trying to maybe target isn't the right word, but if you're trying to focus on, um, a certain demographic, mm-hmm. okay, well then how do you appeal to that demographic? Uh, you know, currently what we look at, um, and I would totally back this up is that, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the craft beer world is is mainly like we see the the old white the the white guy with the beard kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but w- we also see too is that it's you kind of have to see how how that um, what's the word I'm looking for how that culture how that culture spreads, mm-hmm. right? How is that culture going to spread? Um, and we see, for example, I've seen. Um, and just here in Tampa, like I've seen breweries go in pretty much anywhere they've got space to, mm-hmm. uh, and then it kind of reaches out to all cultures in that area, regardless of, of its ethnicity, regardless of its, of its race. I mean, whatever. Um, and you see people who go, who would want to go to a brewery? All of a sudden they are, um, Johan said he's working the night shift this week, checking in on coffee break. Um, <laughs> Good for but, you. Yeah. But, you know, just looking at that going, how do we get more out there? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well then do the, 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 the woman or the women focused beer festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's, there's so much diversity out there. There's so many different um, demographics that you could point to it'd be very difficult to reach out to them all. And I no. think it's, yeah. I think it's going to be kind of that word of mouth thing, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you go, Hey, you know, I really liked you guys had, what was the beer that really got you? It was a blueberry wheat, something that you and you and Sarah used to drink. Mm-hmm. In, at in, Thomas Kimper. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a blueberry. They had a, well, they had a blueberry, uh, that a raspberry wheat and a blueberry mm-hmm. lager. Okay. 
but that was something that you guys were, you know, you were on your whatever drinks you had prior to that. And then mm-hmm. you discovered that. Mm-hmm. And now you've gone way down the rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. You know, what, 20 years later. And it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, if you're exposed to it, depending on who you hang out with, you're going to be exposed to it more or less. And is it, how do we really get more diverse people? It's word of mouth. Yeah, I really think it's yeah. a lot of word of mouth because um, like my neighbor, for example, at my old house, he would always <laughs> he would always ask me. He was like, why is everybody lining up down yeah. Ford <laughs> Avenue at Angry Chair? <laughs> He's like, I drove by this morning and there was 200 people standing on the sidewalk. It's eight o'clock in the morning, guys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was out there. And he goes, are you serious? It's like, yeah, I was out there getting some beer. He goes, how good could that beer really be? Well, Phil, it's really, the beer's good, Mm -hmm. but it's more of, it's an event, right? You know, waiting in in line for beer. Now, not doing that a lot, but Mm -hmm. waiting in line for beer. Uh, But again, there's a community involved with it. The sitting down, sharing a couple beers with some friends and and having that time just to just hang out, meet new people and and enjoy the beer together. Um, Get rid of COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, so you're right. You, you, you kind of lit into mine. Get rid of COVID will help, and have more, more community, like you said, local community. So a lot, a lot of times these festivals are held in in areas that are going to be, you know, for one thing, where they can have these big festivals. But mm-hmm. maybe they need to start focusing on smaller festivals, kind of like what we do here, where we have that. Um, Boise Brewing puts on on the Hoptober Festival, right? It's mm-hmm. a fresh hop small festival that's right by their brewery that that takes over a couple blocks. It and the way they have it now is it's open. It's it's an open area where people can just come in and and buy a couple tokens and a glass and drink and there's no commitment, right? You come in, you have one or two, you're gone. But yeah. you're getting exposed to something that may, you may not have been exposed to before. And 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 not having to to go through the hassle of pre-ordering your tickets and waiting and paying thirty five dollars to get in, where people are like, you know what, I'm kind of curious about this, but I don't want to pay thirty five dollars yeah. to get into and try this beer. We need to have some some more smaller festivals that are focused in certain communities that that you want to attract. That that you you say, you know what, we need to have more Hispanic. Um, you know, beer, beer drink, crap beer drinkers. And mm-hmm. how are we going to do that? You know, what's going to get them away from whatever their favorite, you know, craft well, beer is, which I don't know. I, I'm not going to make an assumption of what it is, but, you know, they have some beer that they'll buy because that's what they're used to buying. And what can they do to get them away from that? Well, you know what? Why don't you go and hold a little mini, you know, five brewery festival in a little park, get the permit, have the park, have it, you know, more of an open family, family friendly venue, so they can bring their kids in, and they, mm-hmm. they're not, you know, they don't have to pay a big entry fee. They just go and try a couple beers, and guess what? If they like what they find, they'll go look for that beer on the shelf. They might go to that brewery, right? They might go and and try it and and get hooked, like like I did and like you did, right? That that's a good way of doing it. We need to kind of. Stop the big giant festival thing, like the Great American Beer Fest type thing, and go yeah. back to small community based festivals that that you know that bring in the, the people that are that are either 
too afraid to go in and try it or it's like our podcast right i yeah. i built this podcast for one reason to sh- to be approachable to people to learn about craft beer i don't mm-hmm. want people to be scared to come and find out about craft beer i want them to come in listen to what we have to say and be inspired to go try it you mm-hmm. know get the courage to go to that craft beer brewery and say hey I'm new to this, but I've listened to this podcast, and he says, I need to come talk to the beer tender, and you're going to help me find out what, you know, what I'm going to enjoy. And that's why we do this podcast, is to be, to provide a, a way for people that are, that don't have other means to learn about craft beer. I think the same type of behavior can be done in the, in the bigger industry and, mm-hmm. and bring people to it. Smaller little festivals is, is my thing, so. All right. One last question, Chris, before we get on to finish this show up. So what do you think? Are these diversity numbers that we got with this first survey, are these acceptable? Yes, and I'll tell you why. No, tell me. Because, like it said in the very beginning of this this kind of, uh, in the very beginning of the brew buzz, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Is it acceptable? Absolutely, because this is what we got. Yeah, it's where it's at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what we got. I agree. I agree with you, Chris. There, I, you, you might have thought I might have had something else. I don't. I agree that this is a starting point. Is it acceptable if in five years from now the numbers are the same? I would say no, because mm-hmm. the Brewers Association didn't do enough to you know, broaden this hobby out to more people, right? That's what their job is, is to spread spread the good news of craft beer. That's what we say every week. Yep. That's their job. And they're not doing their job if if the diversity is not getting better. Do I want them to go and 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 make a statement that you you know every brewery has to have this many of this, this, that? No, I don't want I want to organically develop. I don't want to be forced. If you force it, it's not going to work. You have to build it in a way that it it naturally goes and encourages diversity and 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 gets that out there, right? You're not going to be able to force force it. So, okay, good job, Chris. You did well there. All right, one last thing before we close up. I mentioned at the beginning of this segment that um, I actually just quickly went through all 22 breweries that are in Boise. Uh, went to their websites. I already knew some of the answer, you know, some of the brewers and some of the, you know, who the head brewers are and, and brew, female brewers and, and other ethnic groups. But I, I don't know all of them, right? And maybe there's new people that came in. So I went to try to find out what the diversity, like take just one small little pocket of craft beer industry here in the Boise area, small little town of Boise, 22 breweries. And here's what I came up with. Now, again, probably a th- third probably a third i couldn't they don't have any information on brewers so i couldn't you know collaborate with that so um you know maybe this information is just again just like the survey results we talked about it's not conclusive right this is just the data that i was able to pull off the web off the internet 22 breweries in boise 18 percent have of these breweries have female brewers that's amazing yeah so we and 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 it would have been more, but remember we talked about uh, Carrie, mm-hmm. uh, the the female brewer that worked at Edge Brewing that had the boil over that got burnt. Yeah, uh, 
she she went to Mother Earth and then she went from there to somewhere else. I'm not sure where she went. So she's not counted in this group because she was a female brewer in the area, but is no longer doing the brewing. So it would have been even more if we had her. But 18% female brewers, 9% Hispanic, Asian descent, uh, 0% black. So we got some work to do there. But honestly, um, here in the Boise area, we don't have a huge... Uh, population of of black people, so it's zero percent is is it's horrible. But maybe we're not too far off from uh, you know for having a brewery open that has a, a head brewer or a brewer working for it. It's very possible. So we got some work there. Now, just to give some credit here, I'll name off the the brewers and and talk about a little bit about them. So Woodland Empire here in the Boise area, uh, the owner, co owner, co founder, co owner, and head brewer. Keely Lannerman. Uh, and she's of, I don't want to make assumptions here. I believe I've, I've met her before. I believe she, she's Asian, but I, I, but she's of either Asian or Hispanic or common. I don't know. I don't want to make assumptions. I think she's Japanese, um, part, part Japanese American, but again, she kind of hits two of those things, right? She's female uh, and she owns a brewery. She's part owner and she's, uh, uh, the the head brewer, the head brewer. Um, we have Payette Brewing has Nina Schufs. She's a brewer. Uh, we have Boise Brewing, Lindley Garside. Now Lindley, uh, she used to work at Brewers Haven as a beer tender and and worked there. And and she uh, switched over to Boise Brewing about three years ago. And she was working the bar, and then she worked her way into assistant brewer. She's assistant brewer at Boise Brewing, uh, so that's nice. So she's a brewer. And then we have Bear Island Brewing, which is Beth Betchel. Uh, and she's the owner and head brewer of Bear Island Brewing. So right there, we have a number of female brewers and owners of breweries. So there we go. We just kind of blew that whole statistic out the water in a small little hand handful of uh, of breweries. And then going back to the uh, the combination, I think uh, uh, Marcos Moss from Loose Screw Brewery used to be Bella Brewing. He's the head brewer there, uh, head brewer, and and he's also of uh i think he's mexican and filipino descent i think combo of the hispanic uh, uh asian group so again part of that uh nine percent uh group so again if a small little town like boise can break the you know break that whole statistics out out then um, i think we might have similar results in other areas as well all right, Chris, I wasn't going to ask you to figure out how much of that is in Tampa because you got a lot more breweries, but, you know, Boise was kind of easy to. Yeah, I started taking a peek uh, earlier in the show. Uh, it doesn't really give us a whole lot of information and just making a quick Google search. Uh, it's kind of hard to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Chris, uh, let's, you know, just, just go right into some new and early beers. Uh, hopefully quick, quick and dirty. We're going to get this show done and. Uh, under an hour and a half. Let's make that goal, right? I said it was gonna be a short show, so let's get it under hey, an hour and a half. So quick what's and dirty your, works for me. All right. What's your new and noteworthy? <laughs> new and noteworthy. We're gonna go on the first one from Black Stack Brewing. Uh, Ken this is a, a long name. The Ken Burns presents oh. Guava, Passion Fruit, and Apricot, Episode Eleven. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it was a great, uh, great name. Um. And this, I gave a four, four and a half out of five cap rating. This was, this was a, like a smoothie sour. This was more mm-hmm. like sit down, 
have a glass of juice for breakfast kind of beer. Um, that was, it was really good. It was guava, passion fruit, apricot, everything worked really well together. Um, super easy to drink. And I was really happy with that one. And then my second one, call it a beer if you want to. Uh, it's called Amelia from Shram's Mead. Uh, clocking in at, a, if I read, remember this correctly, 13 to 15%. Uh, comes in a really nice, tall, mm-hmm. narrow, 375 milliliter bottle, corked. Um, and we took this, we were out camping this past weekend, and we took this out in the woods with us. It, it was a beautiful bottle. I liked, I liked that slender... Uh, tall yeah. bottle very nice yeah. well and the the beer it was nice because it, of course with most meads or at least most meads that i've had from shrams there's always uh some berries and things like that mm-hmm. that go along with it so it started off kind of uh tannic uh, a little a little bitter and then really quickly switched over into the sweet so it was like starting out with red wine you get some like oaky flavor some tannins from the peels of whichever fruit they might have used and then it switched over real fast and then you get that that honey in there and the fruit uh that that's in there and it's definitely not one that you're gonna you know finish a whole bottle by yourself unless you're a complete lunatic but man was this good sitting by the fire taking a sip of this out of my B cups, of course, because you take them outside. Yeah, camping. they're outside camping cups for sure. I gave it a five cap rating, and man, this was uh, this was this was really nice. Now, granted, slightly inebriated, starting into <laughs> this one, but still really good. Oh, good. All right, let's go over your extensive list of beers too, Denny. What you got for us? I have one beer. It's gonna be short and sweet. It's from a brewery that uh, is 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 uh, not one I've ever heard about before. Mm-hmm. And again, we have a distributor that brings in stuff like random stuff from around the the nation, right? And so this is coming from Chicago, Illinois, and it's it's Weiner Beer Company, mm. and the beer is La Tube or La Tub. I don't know. It's a it's a saison style, and uh, this was an Easter gift from my lovely wife. First time having a Weiner beer or brew, and I'm enjoying this Saison. Very light, crisp, refreshing, with a slight tartness with a lemony flavor. This is one I think Chad LaMassa might enjoy as well. Happy Easter. Mm-hmm. I gave this four-cap rating. And I'll tell you, the 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 beer label, which, hold on, let me just jump up and grab this label real quick. Oh, as I... Oh, you peeled it off. I did. Can you oh, see okay. that? So yeah, basically, yeah. it's a cat on a tub, and you see the little mouse hole with the with a like a a goat head holding a cheese photo, and the <laughs> the mouse comes running over. The cat jumps on there and and uh, catches it, and it's on the on the tub. So very very unique uh, label, and I, and I've been I used your technique of filling the can with warm water, and it peels off very nice. So thank yeah. you, Chris, for yeah hooking me up with that. But yeah, I, I love the artwork on that. Um, so I saved the label. But yeah, four cap rating. I And this is a Saison that's very approachable, not heavy on the Saison spices. Mm-hmm. Um, very refreshing, light, crisp. It did have, the only thing that might put someone off at the first sip, and I'm not used to having Saisons that do have a, a tartness to it, but I think the tartness came from it's got to be lemons that are in, or like I said, I, I tasted that lemon tartness a little bit. And so I don't know if it put lemons in there or if it just came 
as a byproduct of the yeast gave off a lemony character or maybe the hops they use. But I liked it. I liked the uh, the lemon tartness. Um, but yeah, very refreshing. Went down very, very smooth. And yeah, so I want to recommend Weiner Beer Company, Le Tub Saison. So Tom Joseph said that one of the best things about the Rona is nope. no more lines for beer. No more lines. And more good beer available in different areas. True, true. All right. Good point. Good point. Good point, Tom. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Tom, for a few minutes that you did. That's, we appreciate that. If you're unless you're still in there, I can't keep I don't know who's in or not out unless I they leave a message. Either. All right, Chris. Let's end this show. Let's get this thing done before the hour and a half. Get you on your way to your job. Yeah. And uh so but who would you like to give a, a toast to tonight? I want to raise a glass to our other co-host on the Fermented Reality Beer Cast, Mr. Joel Bigham, he turned uh, 44 yesterday. Yes. And he made it very clear to me the last time I talked to him, I, I'm turning 4-4 on 4-4. <laughs> so I can't can't really miss on uh, raising a glass to him. So cheers, buddy. I hope you had an awesome birthday yesterday. Yes. And uh, hope we get to enjoy a beer with you pretty soon. And Denny, who would you like to raise a glass to? Yeah, I raised my glass to Joel yesterday. I sent him a text message. You know, I, I, when, when I uh, am friends with people and I have their, their phone, I just, I don't Facebook, you know, birthday wishes. I send it straight to their text. I think well, it's more personal that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the people that I don't, that don't share their phone number with me, I, I use Facebook because I don't have any other way of doing it. I just want to make sure I try to recognize their birthday, but I did send it. So uh, yeah, that's great that Joel's 44. I told him he's catching up to me very quickly. So watch out. Slow down. <laughs> yeah, he needs to slow down a little bit. But um, my only Patreon toast besides Joel is to uh, our, our other, <laughs> only, my only other toast besides Joel is to our Patreon. And to this week, I chose Tara Carlson as our Patreon toast of the week. So cheers to you, Tara. Thank you for your support and for all those wonderful topics that I will be using in uh, the next several episodes. So mm. be prepared to uh, to get some information on your topics. And of course, being a former serviceman, I want to raise my glass and thank all those of, that who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. I hope those deployed are able to return home safely very soon. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and give a toast to our sponsor. At the forefront of the craft beer movement, Brewer Shirts was one of the first to create apparel that celebrates the art of brewing and the love of fine beer. Never too trendy, always comfortable, and offering affordable quality. They screen print their gear by hand in their studio using eco-friendly inks, materials, and processes. Visit their online store at brewershirts.com and use the coupon code TAPTHECRAFT2020 to receive 15% off full-priced items. Yeah. And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in our show notes located on the show post at taptocraft.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? Hardly never on Chris <laughs> underscore McKenzie 82 on Twitter. Uh, but you can find me on untapped and Instagram at MCK one, three, four, five. And always, uh, like Denny said, 24, seven, 365 on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash tap the craft and don't forget about the rest of our social stuff everything's at tap the craft guys that's right easy peasy 
Mm-hmm. All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. And we ask you to please tell a friend. And of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, CastBox, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and now Amazon Podcasts. Or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.